The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. Before we get started today, I want to welcome listeners on WLFP in Pennsylvania, WPTX in Maryland, and WXBR in Massachusetts, who have recently joined our broadcast. Welcome. And as always, a special note of appreciation to our military service personnel who are tuning in from remote locations around the world. Thank you for being with us again. Our guest last week was the founder of Craigslist and inductee into the Internet Hall of Fame, Mr. Craig Newmark, who spoke about his latest venture, Craig Connects, as well as the importance of preventing voter suppression and protecting free use of the Internet. If you missed the interview with Newmark, I hope you'll take a moment to listen to it at our website at RebeccaCosta.com, and you can also download it from Apple iTunes and Podbean. It's my honor to have with us today the former Secretary of Veterans Affairs and Chairman of the Republican National Committee, Mr. Jim Nicholson. Mr. Nicholson was born and raised on a tenant farm in Struble, Iowa, where he and his six siblings lived without indoor plumbing and often without food or heat. Despite an impoverished beginning, Nicholson graduated from West Point, earned his master's degree in public policy from Columbia University, and completed his law degree at the University of Denver. Nicholson served eight years on active duty as a paratrooper and ranger qualified army officer. He received the Bronze Star, Combat Infantry Badge, the Meritorious Service Medal, the Republic of Vietnam Cross of Gallantry, and two Air Medals for his service in Vietnam. He spent 22 years in the Army Reserve, retiring with the rank of colonel. In 1997, Nicholson was selected as the chairman of the Republican National Committee, and he remained in that role through the 2000 presidential election. Then one year later, he accepted the position of ambassador to the Holy See, better known as the Vatican. This position propelled Nicholson to become a strong advocate for human dignity, which included working to eradicate human trafficking, HIV AIDS, terrorism, and promoting tolerance for religious freedom. In 2004, President Bush nominated Nicholson to become the nation's Secretary of Veterans Affairs, and he was unanimously confirmed by the Senate in less than two months. 
As secretary, Nicholson headed the second largest cabinet department in the United States. At that time, the VA employed over 235,000 people who provided medical, housing, and employment services and were responsible for administering other benefits to our nation's veterans. Today, Nicholson works for the prestigious Washington, D.C. law firm of Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, and Shrek. It's my honor to have with us on the program today a masterful strategist, leader, and humanitarian, Mr. Jim Nicholson. Welcome to the Costa Report, Mr. Nicholson. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here with you. I really appreciate you making time from your busy schedule. And in just a moment, we're going to talk about the upcoming election. But before we do, I have to admit to you that I wasn't aware that the United States had an ambassador to the Vatican. But but since it's its own state, it makes perfect sense. So how did you come to be chosen for such a specific job? Well, after we won the election of 2000, the president-elect asked me... Uh, if I wanted to serve in his administration, and I, I said that I did. Uh, I talked to Vice President-elect Cheney about being the Secretary of the Army, but I decided that is not what I wanted to do. I'd like to go abroad. and So I told the President I'd like to be his ambassador to the Holy See, and that surprised him kind of, and he said, well, you'd have to think about that. <laughs> I think he had somebody lined up for that. Uh, but he called me the next day and said, do you still want to be the ambassador of the Holy See? And I said, yes. He said, okay, I want you to be my ambassador to the Holy See. And now, why did you pick that assignment then? Well, a number of reasons. Uh, you know, I'm a cradle Catholic, uh, so it was a chance to really go to the headquarters of, of my church and of 2,000 years and see what it was really like. And I was actually admonished by some of my friends, including clergymen, to not do that. They said, you'll get too close to it and you'll get disillusioned. But that didn't happen. In fact, it was the opposite. Uh, felt even stronger about my faith and my church. I guess they were and worried was, that if you uh, saw the inner workings, you might yeah. uh, be disenfranchised in some way. Yeah, dis disillusioned mm -hmm. and... That didn't, that didn't happen. I mean, the Pope was, you know, an iconic figure, and to work closely with him representing my my country and my president, John Paul II, was a singular rare honor. And then we had some very, you know, interesting, sometimes sticky issues and so forth to deal with, not least uh, the war in Iraq. But the president came over there three times while I was there to see the Pope because he had great respect for the Pope, and it was mutual. Pope really liked George Bush, he, in spite of their differences on Iraq. He felt they had a great deal in common on, you know, their value system and their emphasis on human dignity and human rights and religious freedom, and and they got along very well. And, uh, and it was, you know, also in a you know, a wonderful city. My wife is a, an artist and an art historian, and you know, wrote her thesis on uh, on Renaissance art in Italy, and so for her it was a a real treat. Besides, and uh, you know, it's a wonderful place to live and work. Well, now that's a dream come true for your wife to have you be stationed in, at the Vatican where she has access to uh, so many of the great works of art right there in Rome. Now, if I did my homework correctly, you were ambassador to the Vatican during the 9-11 attacks. Do I have that right? I was. In fact, 
uh, I'd just gotten to Italy and I presented my credentials to the to the Holy Father on nine thirteen of eleven uh, at his summer palace in Castel Gandolfo, and he was as distraught as I was, and we each had prepared remarks which we just discarded and first thing he asked if I'd like to do with him was to say a prayer for the victims, and we did that, and then we just discussed what had happened, and he said something to me that turned out to be very important. He said, uh, Ambassador Nicholson, that we must stop these people who are killing in the name of God, and and that was not a privileged conversation, so I was able to report that back, and that became very helpful to us in building a coalition of people, particularly in Europe to go over into Afghanistan and disrupt the base of the Al-Qaeda who had just perpetrated that uh, heinous crime on so many people in, in our country and really in the world. When he said we must stop, did he mean we must stop by also killing? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm confused here. You know, we must stop the people from uh, perpetrating this killing. But we, in turn, went into Iraq and we were also killing. So do, did you have the feeling that by any means stop them? Well, now you're, you're really touching on an interesting topic. We, we could spend the next couple hours. Oh, let's. Let's just kill those the, other programs and go for <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, it's called the just war doctrine. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and the church has one. It's it's in the catechism, and essentially what it says is the decision about going to war rests in the prudential judgment of the person responsible for the common good. And in our case, that's the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And you know, this has been written about for centuries. Uh, Augustine wrote about it. Saint Thomas Aquinas wrote about it because it's it's often a great dilemma, and that is. You know, are innocent people entitled to be defended uh, when being, uh, you know, attacked and abused and killed by others by the use of of equal and opposite force? And as I said, the the foundational question in the doctrine of the church is, uh, you know, what does the person responsible for those people think about that? And, And it's on his or her conscience. And thus, the Pope, while opposed to us going into Iraq, was very supportive of us going into Afghanistan because we had just been attacked. Right, and it came under the, it fell under uh, defending innocent people. And as you say, we could probably spend hours on that topic, but we do have to go to a short commercial break. Uh, When we come back, I'd like to jump into your work with the Republican National Committee and see how you see the November election playing out. You're listening to the Costa Report. Hi, I'm Judy Profeta, owner, broker, and active real estate agent of Alon Pinnell Realtors, a locally owned real estate company. We've operated on the peninsula for over 16 years, currently located on the corner of Ocean and Dolores and Unipero between 5th and 6th in downtown Carmel. We serve the Monterey Peninsula, focusing on Carmel, Pebble Beach, and the Carmel Valley. Our firm of about 50 agents represents everything from Carmel Cottages to Pebble Beach Estates and oceanfront properties to Valley Vineyards. We are actually known for our vast inventory of fine properties. Drop by and see us, or better yet, visit our website at apr-carmel.com. That's apr-carmel.com. Or you can give us a call at 831 622 1040 
and make sure you tell them Judy sent me. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report. We have an important election coming this November, and I know that many folks are struggling right now. And if you're not struggling, well, then you're just flat out worried. I know that you're hoping that the next president, whoever they are, will have a plan for getting us out of an economic hole that keeps getting deeper. But this time around, the answers may not come from the top down. Something is happening to us, and it is happening to all people in all nations at the exact same time. And that is why I am asking you to take a moment to read The Watchman's Rattle. It's a book that will change the way you see our problems and also the upcoming election. So please pick up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle. Do it now. It's available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and independent bookstores everywhere. You can also grab a copy at Rebecca Costa. But don't wait. Take a moment to get your copy and together let's get our lives and our country moving forward again. Do you suffer from a magnesium deficiency? My doctor told me I needed more magnesium, so he recommended I use Magox 400. You're not alone. Millions of Americans don't get enough magnesium in their daily diet. And magnesium is a critical nutrient that helps you convert carbohydrates, protein, and fat into energy. Doctor recommended Magox 400 is made with the most concentrated form of magnesium available. And each dose of Magox 400 provides all the magnesium you need each day. Magox 400's magnificent. Try Magox 400, the magnificent magnesium supplement. Yes, it is loud. It is raucous. It is fun. So get up and go for it. Take the family, take friends, take the entire neighborhood to the rip-roaring racing fun at Ocean Speedway in Watsonville. Don't miss race night at Ocean Speedway. Great competition, great crowd, great food, and best of all, Ocean Speedway is local. If you've never been to the races at Ocean Speedway, you've really been missing out. Don't miss the next race night at Ocean Speedway. At the Santa Cruz County Fairgrounds on Highway 152, head to the races at Ocean Speedway. Ocean Speedway is located at the Santa Cruz County Fairgrounds just two miles east of downtown Watsonville on Highway 152. Get up and go for the loud, raucous, rip-roaring racing fun this Friday night at Ocean Speedway. This week on Ethan Behrman's Smoke-Filled World, we'll be talking to a leading voice in the GMO labeling movement, author and founder of the Institute for Responsible Technology, Jeffrey M. Smith. Join me for the latest in news, politics, current events, and more. Ethan Behrman's Smoke-Filled World, 6 to 8 p.m. Sundays here on KSEO AM 1080. Ideas left, right, forward. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and our guest today is former chairman of the Repu Republican National Committee and Secretary of Veteran Affairs, Mr. Jim Nicholson. And at the, uh, before the break, we were talking about your work as ambassador to the Vatican and the Catholic Church's sympathetic response to the attacks of 9-11, as well as the president's decision to defend the innocent. So moving now from issues abroad a little closer to home, prior to becoming Secretary of Veterans Affairs, you served as the chairman of the Republican National Committee 
and as I understand it, when you inherited the position, the party was in quite a bit of red ink. And you're not only known for setting new fundraising records and turning that deficit around, but also winning the presidency as well as majorities in the U.S. Senate and House, including state houses and legislatures. Now, the GOP was really under a roll under your leadership. So what, in your view, happened to change that momentum? Well, we did have a great election in 2000, and uh, then the president got reelected again in 2004. Uh, 2008 was a terrible election for Republicans, but 2010, uh, that momentum shifted again, and as you know, we picked up uh, 89 new members uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives, and we gained seats in the U.S. Senate, but did not uh, get control of the Senate, so we have a real a real watershed election coming up here uh, this year on November 6th with the presidency at stake and the control of the Congress, of course. Uh, There are elections out in the states, governor's races and legislative races, but this is is the biggie, the, the presidential election. Like I said, you were really on a roll. You you raised more funds than anyone else. Uh, you were able to lead the Republican Party to massive success. And then, as you point out, somewhere around 2004, things changed. The direction changed. So I'm very well, curious think, about that. You, you must have some idea of like what what started the momentum moving in the opposite direction. Well, the... The, the big uh, momentum shift, of course, was in 2008 when uh, President Obama won the election. And he not only won the election, but, you know, he won it going away. And uh, I think, you know, there was the, the wars were quite unpopular, I think, generally. And uh, the bottom really fell out of the, uh, of, of the economy. The, the housing bubble burst, uh, I think, due to the you know the excesses of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac unchecked for so many years, mm-hmm. and the financial institutions, of course, uh, had their problems. Lehman Brothers, you know, went under and uh, caused a lot of other wreckage along the way, both uh, on our side of the Atlantic and and in Europe. And the economy is a very, very relevant uh, part of people's decisions. It's such an important part of their lives. And so I think those are the primary causes of our losing the election. But two years later, uh, 2010, we came back strongly. Uh, That that momentum shifted again, particularly among the independent voters. In fact, in just one year, it shifted. In 2008, in Virginia, President Obama won the election by a wide margin, and he's the first Democrat to have won Virginia since Lyndon Johnson. Yet one year later, in 2009, they had a governor's race in Virginia, very contested, and the Republican won it going away, and the independents uh, switched and voted uh, just as strongly just one year later for uh, Governor McDonnell in Virginia as they had for President Obama, showing, I think, a real momentum shift in, in, a, in a short period of time, and I think that has carried on. 2010, we had a very good election, and here we are now at 2012. The economy is, is really not improved at all. In fact, probably, probably worsened uh, since 2010. We just had the reports today that uh, 
the economy is now only growing at about one and a half percent. So uh, we're coming up on a on a real crucial uh, election. Uh, the biggest issue about which will be, I think, jobs and the economy and prosperity. Well, you make a good point that uh, the poor economy helped to switch the momentum uh, toward the re- uh, the Democratic Party, and now the poor economy seems to be the greatest advantage that the Republican Party has um, as things just uh, stagnate, continue to stagnate. Uh, it's very, very difficult for the current administration to defend that position. So uh, it's going to be interesting as we move forward. As I mentioned, you broke every fundraising record set by the GOP. So let me ask you as a professional fundraiser, how you feel about the recent Supreme Court's decision on the Citizens United uh, issue, which allows corporate contributions to be treated as the same as private individuals and really no longer requires candidates to disclose where these contributions come from or how much they are. Um, What is your view of that? Well, I think that was a, a good decision. I think it helped to level the, the playing field. I mean, it, it, it said a couple of things. It said, uh, you know, corporations that are out there running businesses and taking risks and employing people have as much right to be heard as do corporations that are running, you know, newspapers or magazines or television stations mm-hmm. in this country. And, uh, and it you know, it said the same thing uh, about unions. They have they have as much right to be heard, and the the disclosure part of it is is not quite uh, as as you described. I don't think because uh, these you know these big uh, super PACs that have grown up as a result of that decision, they do have to disclose uh, who their donors are. And I, I am I'm a big fan of, of transparency. In fact, when I was chairman of the party, mm-hmm. I was opposed to uh, Senator McCain, McCain-Feingold, because I, I knew more about that, I think, than almost anybody in the country. And we used to take in a lot of money from people and from corporations, but every dollar that we took in was reported coming in, and every dollar was reported going out as to the way it was spent. And the debate that Senator McCain and I used to have was is the uh, you know the opportunities, the temptation for corruption. But I was able to say to him in totally good faith that I'd never had any donor, not one, ever asked me to do anything that was uh, inappropriate or unsavory, let alone illegal. So that it, you know, with that total transparency, and I think that's the way the law to be today. And, and we have the technology; we could report it every day. And then the, the citizens of this country could look at the candidates and see from whom they're getting their money and wanted to, uh, you know, support them as a result of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, so it's, it's wonderful to hear that you uh, wanted to make sure that those contributions were transparent. My question to you would be, um, if we did make those transparent, did you ever have any uh, donors request that they were not reported? Did you ever have a situation where a large contributor asked not to be made public? I can't remember that I ever did, but Mm -hmm. it wouldn't matter if they requested it because the answer would be no, because it was was required 
to be reported. Well, that's what I like about you. Right's right and wrong's wrong. And you and I don't know if it's the time you spent in the Vatican or not, but uh, you seem very clear about that. And I'm comfort- it, was in, it was in the confessional. <laughs> well, I'm very comforted by that. Um, we have to take another break. And when we come back, we'll jump right back into the November election. You're listening to the Costa Report. If your house has been on the market for more than three months, you might be asking yourself whether your agent is doing everything they can to sell it. Here's one way to tell if your agent is serious. They've talked to you about staging to sell. That's right, staging to sell. That's what they do at Point of Entry. They work with top realtors to capitalize on the first impression a buyer has of your home. Whether you live in a mansion or a planned community, every home has strengths and weaknesses. When the experts at Point of Entry stage to sell, they artfully accentuate a property's greatest strength and downplay its weaknesses. Just last month, the broker called Point of Entry to rescue a home that had been sitting on the market for over two years. The owners had almost given up. Point of Entry staged the home, and within two weeks, the property sold within 5% of the asking price. If you have a home that isn't selling, contact the experts at Point of Entry at 925-330-8558 for an assessment. It's a tough market out there, so I'm going to give you that phone number one more time, 925-330-8558. Let Point of Entry show you how staging to sell can help you move that property today. You'd be surprised how many people drive the hill to shop at North Bay Ford in Santa Cruz. Hello, I'm Bobby Robinson. North Bay Ford is a locally owned dealership with low overhead, friendly, small town values, and great deals on new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and RVs. Get this! Bobby's Deal of the Week at North Bay Ford. Get up and go in a brand new Focus. You'll get up to 40 miles per gallon in this super-fun-to-drive, great-looking gem from Ford. You'll be thrilled with the Focus's variable cam timing, six-speed automatic transmission, electric power-assisted steering, torque vectoring control, and you'll really thrill with a $1,500 consumer cash rebate or 0% APR financing for 60 months. Hurry offer ends July 31st. NorthBayFord.com for details. When you need a quality pre-owned economy car for your college student, a new family car for Sunday drives or a fleet of powerful new Ford trucks for your berry ranches, look first to your friends and neighbors at locally owned North Bay Ford, 1999 Soquel Avenue or on the web at NorthBayFord.com. Robert Frost said good fences make good neighbors, but I say bamboo privacy hedges make really good neighbors. Hello, I'm Larry Gullman of Bamboo Giant on Freedom Boulevard in Aptos. Bamboo Giant features the best bamboo species for our local climate, which means we have the right bamboo for you. Listen to what customers have to say. I'm Steve Schneider. I live in Monterra, south of San Francisco. I was looking for a screen because I've got some houses that are looking right down in our backyard. I checked out lots of bamboo options around the Bay Area, and Bamboo Giant had the best customer service. They had the best track record. They paid attention to detail. They give you a guarantee with the plants. I found my privacy. I just can't say enough good things about them. Visit Bamboo Giant and walk our 30 acres of naturally growing bamboo groves. You will be truly amazed at the diversity and you will see just how easy it can be to use bamboo to bring privacy to your home. Bamboo Giant is located at 5601 Freedom Boulevard in Aptos and on the web at bamboogiant.com. There are many reasons why Lloyd's Tire Service has been able to serve you for 70 years and is now one of the nation's largest independent Michelin tire dealers. Hello, I'm Larry Johnson at Lloyd's Tire Service. Listen to what our customers say about Lloyd's. 
My name is Tom. Lived in Santa Cruz since the early 70s. Lloyd's, I think, has a reputation that goes back for a really long time. And I think it's really important to have a good reputation. They back up what they sell. You always know that if anything goes wrong, they're going to take care of it. And you just have a total trust in a place like Lloyd's. That's why I come here. Get the best for your family with the new Michelin Defender, a tire that lasts up to 21,000 miles longer than its leading competitor and saves you more than 250 in fuel over its lifetime. From your friends and neighbors at Lloyd's Tire Service on River Street in Santa Cruz. When you think quality, think Lloyd's, Lloyd's Tire Service. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm here today with former chairman of the Republican National Committee and Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Mr. Jim Nicholson. And before the break, we were discussing the importance of making campaign contributions transparent so that voters have the opportunity to see which industries, organizations, and individuals are supporting a candidate. And as I mentioned earlier, under your reign as chairman of the GOP, you were not only successful at getting the president elected, but also winning a majority in the House and Senate. And as an experienced strategist, how do you see this election in November shaping up? Uh, it's very, very tight, very close. Uh, this is, you know, an evenly divided country, and this election is going to come down to... Uh, a battle between the 40-yard lines in probably 10 or 12 states, and the you know the independent voters in those states are are going to elect the president. Uh, the Democrats are going to hold their base real well, and so are the Republicans. I think the Republicans have a little more intensity right now, which uh, bodes for probably better turnout of our voters than theirs. Uh, and the contest is going to be who can uh, who can attract and convince and turn out uh, more of the independents in those those swing states as they they call them. Uh, you know, there are states like Ohio and Virginia and Colorado are going to be critical, uh, you know, to winning this. Uh, you know, of course, there are others. Florida, we've got to probably have to win Florida. New Mexico, some of the Midwestern states that are, are you know, in play, and uh, it's it's going to be a real a real battle. And I I think a close election. It's historically difficult to beat an incumbent president in this country, and it's happened uh, in the lifetime of you know most of us now. In that uh, President Reagan defeated Jimmy Carter and. In, in 1980, and he did so primarily because of the condition of the economy. And so those conditions are quite similar today. And that, I think, also is a, you know bodes well for Republicans in this election. It's, it's too bad that the economy is so bad, but President Obama hasn't been able to improve it. And his, his ideas and programs about how to do it have not worked. And is blaming it all on President Bush is kind of worn thin, and uh, so it's really now you know looking responsible for it, and that's a problem for him. 
I agree. It is a problem, and I, I don't mean this as a trick question in any way, but if you were working in the Obama camp, how would you advise them to swing those independent votes in those 12 states? Because I've talked to many analysts and pundits, and they agree with you it's going to be the independents in roughly 12 states that will probably make or break the election. So what advice would you give the Obama camp? Well, you know, there's... Uh there's an old rule in politics that you should never answer the hypothetical question. And, uh, one ah, go ahead. <laughs> Take a chance. Will, ne- will never happen to me is that I will be an advisor to the Obama <laughs> camp. But, but if I would, uh, I, if I were he, I would open up the energy sector. I would have done it a long time ago, and I would still do it because there's tremendous potential right away for a lot of new jobs uh, in in that sector to, uh, you know, allow far more drilling on federal lands, you know, loosen up the permit process. I would authorize the Keystone Pipeline, which is fifteen to 20,000 jobs, uh, shovel-ready jobs right away. And, I, and, and, and the attitude around that, I, also, I think, would also engender a lot of optimism about work in the economy and and moving towards energy independence and so it it's it just is it's not lost i mean really i mean i know why he does it because he's uh he's bowing to his you know the liberal environmental constituency which has such a very tight hold on him and uh but that's what i i would do if i were he so you see a synergism there between energy independence and our desperate need for opening up jobs, and uh, and you feel that what he should do is is put the two together and start opening up some kind of maybe even energy public works. Is that right? Well, yeah, possibly public works of some kind. I don't know exactly what that means, but it it just seems like a win. Well, at one time we did that for the Hoover Dam. You know, you, we have pictures yeah. of people lining up, and, and anybody who wanted a job could come there uh, to the Las Vegas area and work on the Hoover Dam. They'd find some work for you to do. Yeah, I think that that's, would be a good idea. I mean, in Dickinson, North Dakota, for example, in the, the Bakken Basin where they're they're drilling now they have hundred thousand dollar a year jobs that are going wanting mm-hmm. up there and uh, so it in, in Pennsylvania where they've uh, you know allowed uh, fracking drilling under under controlled circumstances they've generated something like six hundred million dollars of revenue for the state of Pennsylvania which was sorely needed and created hundreds of thousands of jobs and uh and it's it's a win for everyone because we you know we're spending like 350 billion dollars a year to bring oil into our country and why should we be doing that a lot of that goes to people who are who are animus to our to our value system in the first place mm-hmm. so it, it, it to me it's a no-brainer uh but and he hasn't done it and uh i i think that uh you know, it may be too late, but again, you asked me what my advice would be or would have been to him, and that's what I would. Well, let's. Um, I, I want to be fair because I am one of the independents, and I'm loving it this year because everybody's courting me, and I, I like to be <laughs> courted. Uh, so there's a benefit to being an independent every now and then, but most of the time people just call you wishy-washy. Um, but having said that, uh, let me be fair and say what advice would you give the Romney camp? Well, I would, 
there, there I do uh, have some involvement, and I would say just you know stay right on the message that you've been on in a very disciplined way, which is talking about uh, those things that I think are the most important to the American people and the most troubling, which is you know jobs, the, the condition of the economy, and and prosperity, and and having you know a, a legitimate reason for optimism about you know our country and its future and its sustainability given the high spend rate that we have in this country mm-hmm. i think he's uh, i think he's done a very good job of that he hasn't uh, allowed them to you know get him off onto tangents even though they uh, they do a, a you know a very aggressive job in trying to do that and so i think i think he's run a very good campaign and i think uh, after the olympics are over and you know the conventions and Labor Day. Then people are really going to start focusing, and that, that ten or eleven percent that are still undecided, like you, it sounds like, are really going to focus in on this thing. And that's when Governor Romney will have to become, you know, more specific about his programs. About you know, not only are there problems and shortcomings in the party administration in creating jobs, but what are you now? Mitt Romney going to do about this and how are you going to make it better and he has he has plans for that and when people are focused and it's closer to the election that's when he'll start seeing him flesh that out well I will tell you I like to sit on the fence as long as possible because as soon as I make up my mind they don't pay attention to me anymore <laughs> yeah it, some people uh, you know are like that and historically uh those that make up their mind late generally break against the incumbent. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've heard uh, that. Which also is is a reason for optimism for, for us Republicans. Mm-hmm. I think I talked to Tom Bevan about a month ago, who is the, uh, one of the founders of Real Clear Politics, one of the uh, websites that I'm very fond of. And he was saying that it looked like the independents were slightly in favor of Romney at this point. Of course, it's very early, as you say, after the Olympics, things start getting serious. Uh, so it's difficult to tell uh, how those independents are going to go. And there's always the last minute flare ups just before the election. Somebody puts their foot in their mouth and suddenly that becomes the big issue yeah there are those uh, possibilities given uh, particularly you know the the press the 24 7 media cycle that there is and the, you know people in your profession uh, have to make a living and there are lots of you and it's competitive and so they're listening they're listening to every word you know that's said and and if there if somebody does put their foot in their mouth it gets magnified and it gets magnified it goes 24 7 you're absolutely right now we have to take our last break and when we come back we'll be talking about some other issues you're listening to the costa report hello my name is tom burkhart founder and ceo of savant investment group we recently opened an office on the monterey peninsula headed by local 22-year resident peter truman our firm began working with clients in the bay area 20 years ago We understand the anxiety of the typical investor, particularly in these volatile times. We're SEC registered, we don't sell products, and we don't receive commissions. We are fee-only advisors. We have full trust services and our own skilled investment committee. In fact, they manage my money. We manage accounts for $1 million and above. You can reach us at 1-800-672-8268, 1-800-672-8268, and visit our website at www 
www.savantig.com. Again, www.savantig.com. Thank you. Well, it's about time. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, and I'm here to tell you the wait is over. The new Rebecca Costa mobile app is now available at the Apple iTunes Store. Just click on the iTunes icon on your screen, and you can download the free Rebecca Costa app. You get an instant message when new episodes of the Costa Report are available. Breaking news, links to password-protected videos, and the opportunity to grab free tickets to speaking events in your area. So don't wait. Go to Apple iTunes and download the free Rebecca Costa app right now and stay informed, connected, and alert. If electricity flows through it, you can save a lot of money by doing it yourself with the help of the experts at Santa Cruz Electronics. Hello, Charlie Friedman here. Listen to the things your friends and neighbors are doing for themselves with the help of Santa Cruz Electronics. Microwave repair. Robotic arm with controller for E-shed industrial arm. Tesla coil for my rail gun. Dead tricks upgrades. Drive for a telescope. A tube amp for my guitar. Submersible sensors for NASA. Ethernet cable for my new iMac. Solar-powered gate. Instrument panel for an airplane. Wiring my hot rod. Upgrading PC system. Help with home wiring. Custom audio cables for recording studio. High voltage electronic ignition circuit. Building a spaceship. If electricity flows through it, you can save a lot of money by doing it yourself with the help of the experts at Santa Cruz Electronics. Voted best electronics store two years running. Call Santa Cruz Electronics today at 831-479-5444 or visit at 2808 SoCal Avenue in Santa Cruz. Do it yourself and save money with the help of Santa Cruz Electronics. Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location? My backyard. Oh, your backyard. Try telling a bear that. I did, and this bear talked back. Talking bear, that's rich. No, wait, it was Smokey Bear. Smokey? Why didn't you say so? I did say so. Continue. I was burning yard waste. No, boy. He told me to burn legally and responsibly, and to remember that if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. And as always, he's right. You know, 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. That means 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Yeah, I know that now. Thanks to me. Actually, thanks to Smokey. As usual, the talking bear gets all the credit. Always burn responsibly and contact your local fire department for open burning regulations. Because 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Welcome back to the Costa Report. Our guest today is the former Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Mr. Jim Nicholson. And, you know, I'd like to ask you about Romney's pick for vice president. Uh, I've had a lot of experts on the program, and they say from an election standpoint, it doesn't really matter. So what's been your experience on vice presidential picks? Well, the first rule on that is uh, pick someone uh, that will do no damage. And uh, so... You know, what does that mean? That means different things to different people, I think. But uh, it's not, you know, uh, as important, uh, obviously, as the as the nominee, but it's got to be someone that seems to complement 
your nominee and there seems to be a you know a synergy and a and a sort of a spirit of uh you know unity there about them i think that you know the projections the perceptions in politics are very important and you know there's has to be, it's kind of this instant team on a we about it, uh, so you know that's all real vague stuff, and uh, it's it's kind of a judgment call on the part of the nominee, and it's clearly his call. And uh, you know there are other factors that do enter into it about you know what state does the person come from, and how important is that state? And those electoral votes in the election, I think that's relevant and then then the question is does it matter if they're from that state can they help deliver that state and uh and what is their background and how do they look to the people do they look like they're ready to be president because they're only a heartbeat away from becoming president if they're elected and you know throw that all in the mix and you know make a call I, I would imagine they're also uh, doing a lot of polling as to how the independents feel about uh, the three major candidates. Reuters reported that Rob Portman, Tim Pawlenty, and Bobby Jindal were in the front running. Um, is that, as far as you know, is that an accurate report? Well, I think that's. I think they, those three people certainly would be uh, among them. I, I would add in. Uh, from what I know, uh, Senator Rubio, Marco Rubio of Florida, mm-hmm. a, a bright, uh, attractive, young, conservative, uh, re- Hispanic Republican from Florida. And can uh, certainly deliver now. Florida for Romney. Well, I think so. And mm-hmm. is very good with young people, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, some help that Governor Romney could use. Uh, so he, too, I think, will be seriously looked at, is being looked at. So it looks like Romney's narrowing down his candidates, but it always surprises me. The news always gets it wrong. They they announce four or five candidates, and then out of nowhere, a new name comes about. That's pretty much what happened with Sarah Palin. I mean, I don't think anybody was covering Sarah Palin until she was announced. I don't either. I was I was in Minneapolis when she was announced, and I was just as flabbergasted as as everyone else. <laughs> That's because the media keeps getting it wrong. We 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 jump ahead and we report things, and then, as you say, they go on 24-7 news cycles, and they start to sound credible and right and accurate. And, uh, boy, it's just unforgivable how the news media uh, jumps all over rumors and innuendo. I, I can't believe we report that anymore. Um, another question I have for you is, do you think Joe Biden was a good pick for Obama? I think he was, yeah. I mean, you know, first and foremost, they got elected. <laughs> that, you know, that's his, so that you would his. say empirically it's proven that he's a, he's a, he was a good pick. Yeah, you bet. And, uh, what did he bring to the table there? I mean, aside from not doing any harm, which he, he did a little bit at the beginning. I think he had to find a, a way to govern his mouth. But, but uh, aside from that, why was he a good pick in your view? Well, because he, he was... You know, he's an establishment Democrat. Mm-hmm. He's been around the, the Senate. In fact, I, I had a meeting this week in the in the Senate Foreign Services uh, Committee offices, and the chairman's pictures are on the wall, and his picture's up there twice. I know. <laughs> he was chairman of the committee two different times when, you know, the Democrats controlled the Senate. Yep. And, and, you know, he knows 
everybody in Washington and around the country, and and he has a pretty good portfolio of uh, in the you know foreign affairs. Although he's made some terrible calls and predictions about things in the foreign setting, uh, had no real track record for that. But he, he knew the players, and Obama didn't. I mean. Mm-hmm. Obama became a senator at the same time I became Secretary of Veterans Affairs, and I remember meeting with him in a basement temporary room up in the Russell Building on the Hill, and you know he didn't even know where the men's room was, and and uh, just you know almost immediately started running for president, mm-hmm. and uh, you know not too long afterwards was the president. So Biden complimented a lot of that uh, for this this newcomer this new phenom well he was a seasoned veteran and he had long established relationships on both sides of the aisle which brings me to my last question to you you would have thought that biden would have been able to broker a little more peace and uh happiness between the republican democratic party but i i have to say that uh, over all the years it's about as divisive as i've ever seen it and uh, I would have thought that someone who's developed relationships as long as Biden had would have been a great asset, but it doesn't look like it played out that way. Well, he hasn't, but there, there's a reason, Rebecca, for that division, and it, it's a very uh, substantive reason. I mean, the, the Democrats have chosen to try to transform us into into a a, 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 a governmental economy, and we have been a private enterprise economy a private sector economy and those those are very big reasons over which to be divided and you know a lot of those members at the personal level still have good uh, relationships but the foundational differences in these two parties is very important about this country's future and and you know i will say that you know the democrats and 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 the, the unions really hold them to toe the line uh you know not very uh not very flexible on those points and uh so there's you know there's a there's a really important cause for this well, I understand, and I also understand that as the economy worsens, the the citizens themselves become divided about them. Many people look to the government for remedy and for uh, for protection, um, and um, well, others. And, and why wouldn't the citizens be divided? I mean, right. the the Democrats, and there are forty seven million people on food stamps, and. Mm-hmm. Some of those people truly need that help. I mean, I grew up poor, and I, I can relate to that, but but some of them don't. The, the Department of Agriculture runs ads soliciting people to apply. For but, but if there's no jobs, what are people supposed to do? They still have to eat. Well, if you have no job, you still have to eat. But but their idea of creating jobs and stimulating the economy is is to put more money into, into those programs instead of uh, mm-hmm. the foundational answers which is to create more jobs is to is to stimulate risk takers and job makers employers to start up businesses to increase the size of their businesses to commit their capital to get off the the sidelines 
Yes. And and create jobs for those people. And of course, when we not only gives them something to eat, but it gives them a meaningful life. And not only that, when we create jobs, we create taxpayers and that helps our deficit. So, you know, we get a we get a double bang for the buck there. Well, believe it or not, we are out of time. It just flew right by. But before I say goodbye, I want to thank you for your service to our nation and for taking time to speak with us today. Thank you, Mr. Nicholson. Well, they were they were both a privilege. Thank you. If your station is leaving us after this first hour, our guest next week is six-time presidential candidate and the father of the consumer protection movement, Mr. Ralph Nader. Nader will be talking about the hurdles third-party candidates face, as well as what voters must know before casting their votes in November. Don't miss an exciting hour one-on-one with Ralph Nader next week, right here on your favorite news program. Until then, I'm Rebecca Costa, and you're listening to The Costa. A report. For fresh, creative, and healthy ideas to bring to your table? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, a cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole makes it easy to eat the right foods with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. Whether it's Sunday night family dinner or a lunchtime indulgent with your favorite salad ingredients, let your culinary imagination soar with more than 30 varieties of salad blends that range from sweet and subtle to zesty and bold. For the ultimate in fresh convenience, try Dole's all-inclusive salad kits with farm-fresh lettuces, crunchy vegetables, and all-natural Dole specialty dressings and toppings. To learn more about Dole salads and for inspiring recipe ideas, visit Dole.com salads or like Dole Salad Guide on Facebook. With so many delicious and convenient choices, it's easy to find nutritious inspiration with Dole salads. Hi, folks. Warren Knox here of Knox Roofing. With the Olympics and all, I thought maybe you'd like to hear about some records. Like, do you know who the fastest person in the world is? Hussein Bolt ran the 100 meter in 9.58 seconds in August 16, 2009. Florence Joyner ran it in 10.49 seconds in July 16, 1988. Jeffrey Mutai from Kenya ran the Boston Marathon in 2 hours and 3 minutes in April of 2011. And there's Randy Barnes from the U.S. in May of 1990 through a shot put 75 feet. 
Holy smokes! Well, the record here at Knox Roofing is that we go the distance with our customers to make sure their roof will last and hold up to all the elements your roof goes through. You might say we run the Olympics in some event or another every day. Okay, give us a call anytime at 461-0634. Thanks, folks! You're listening to KSCO, serving Fort Ord, Moss Landing, and Yanada. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.